Thanks for tuning into this podcast from KYMN Radio. Consider subscribing to get notifications the next time we post a podcast. And if you enjoy this, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast and share with a friend or on social media. 95.1 The One revolutionizes radio with a playlist that lasts for days, not minutes. Brother, brother, there's far too many of you dying. You know we've got to find a way to bring some loving here today. Father, father, we don't need to escalate. You see, war is not the end. For only love can comprehend You know we've got to find a way To bring some love and get here today Picket lights and picket signs Don't punish me with brutality Talk to me so you can see Right. 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 Right.
don't know about you, but when I think of Michigan, I don't necessarily think of music first. I mean, I think of two peninsulas, and then I chuckle because having spent a little time on the upper peninsula, I know that those folks up there have their own little world, and it's completely charming. And then maybe I think of the Great Lakes that surround the state, and maybe eventually I'll get to Cars. And that's when I think of Detroit, and that's when I get to Motown. So it's kind of a process. But the thing is, Michigan has a real and rich musical history. Now, yes, any conversation about music in Michigan should begin and frankly end with Motown, the record company created by the visionary Barry Gordy that produced seemingly every hit of the 1960s that didn't belong to a British invasion band. But there is so much more. Going back to the early days of rock and roll, Del Shannon, who is an unfortunate omission from the show tonight, was from Grand Rapids. You can make the case that alternative music started in Michigan in the late 1960s. Marshall Bruce Mathers III, Eminem, another omission from the show tonight, only because I couldn't find a clean version of Stan that would be worth playing, is famously and proudly from Detroit. So yeah, it's the state that's shaped like a left-hand mitten, at least the lower part, and it's the state that is home to the automobile capital of the country, if not the world, and it's the state that claims to produce the best hockey in the country, which is really kind of cute, but it really is a state that has produced some of the best music the United States has to offer. So tonight... On the birthday of one of its favorite sons and a classic rock and roller, we celebrate the Wolverine State. Tonight is all about Michigan. My name is Rich Larson. This is The Weekly List. everybody. You're listening to AM 1080 and FM 95.1 KYMN Radio in beautiful downtown Northfield, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us once again for another edition of the Weekly List. And uh, welcome back, if maybe for only a week, to the original format of the Weekly List. Um, If it seems... Uh, a little quiet tonight. That's because it is. Uh, I'm flying solo for the for the first time since like the middle of January. Uh, our friend Daniel G. Moyer has uh, some other matters to attend to this evening. So, like Dave Matthews said, it's just you and me, baby. We can do anything. So let's just uh, let's just get to it. Wanna? Okay. Michigan. Michigan, what a beautiful state. We love Michigan. First song we heard tonight was What's Going On by Marvin Gaye. It is the the first song and the title track of one of the greatest albums of all time. Marvin Gaye was not from Detroit, or even Michigan for that matter. Marvin grew up in uh, in Washington, D.C., and he got to Detroit when he signed with Motown Records. Marvin Gaye is easily in the, the top echelon of all the Motown artists, but it it took him a little while to establish himself. In fact, uh, he spent the first four years, four five years or so, just sort of in the the pop mix at Motown. He had some hits early on, uh, particularly with his uh, his solo hit "How Sweet It Is to Be Loved by You," um, and and his work with Tammy Terrell, his, his duet partner. Which I mean, you know, they did "Ain't No Mountain High Enough," which you know, classic. Um. But it was Heard It Through the Grapevine that became his first number one hit in 1968. And that gave him the clout he needed to make the album that we're talking about right now. Uh, 
What's Going On was recorded in the spring of 1970. Um, it's overtly political, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's in your face. Um, Marvin had something to say, and he was going to say it. Um, political opinions, obviously, were, were well, I don't know even obviously, but political opinions were, were not something uh, that Motown was all about. In fact, Motown had avoided political opinions at pretty much all costs. Uh, Barry Gordy um, was a businessman above all else. And political opinions, even at the end of the 1960s, uh, they were not good for business. Um, it, it's actually much more complicated than that. Um, the story is, 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 you know, the story legend has always been Barry Gordy heard what's going on and told Marvin to get out of here with that. We don't do that kind of stuff at Motown. But really, a lot of it was the fact that, that uh, Barry Gordy didn't like the, um, the jazz feel uh, of the song. Um, and, he, you know, yes, he didn't like the political theme. But um, the, the gist of the story, though, is that um, they released the song What's Going On as a, sig- uh, a single without, <laughs> without Barry Gordy knowing. And it sold like 200,000 copies uh, very, very quickly. So um, he was surprised that it became a hit, um, but he knew a good thing when he saw it. Uh, so he told Marvin... Uh, that if he could record an entire album to accompany that song within a month, then he could have full control over the, over, over the music, whatever he wanted to make, which is something that was completely unheard of at Motown. Ten days later, Marvin turned in the finest work ever done under the Motown label. I believe that, and I will take that belief to my grave. What's going on? Still one of my absolutely my favorite albums, and evidently, there will be a special on CNN this coming Sunday at uh, seven p.m. Central Daylight Time. So if you're listening to this in Michigan, I guess that makes you, makes it eight p.m. Uh, uh, Eastern Daylight Time. But uh, Don Lemon of CNN is doing a a one hour look at the album, what's going on, which should be really really interesting. Okay, so most of you know that uh, Ted Nugent. <laughs> is from Michigan. And I, you guys, I, I just can't as, as much as I really, and I really do love that riff from cat scratch fever. I, I just can't play Ted Nugent on the show. Okay. I mean, I mean, in fact, like I, I really can't. And I would play an entire hour of iron maiden songs before I put Ted Nugent on this show. Ted, you know, God bless America. We all have our opinions. We all we all get to say whatever we want. But Ted stands against everything I believe in, and I just don't want to put his song on the radio. So, no Ted Nugent. But we are going to talk about this other guy. Uh, I'm not necessarily a huge fan of this guy either, but, you know, I mean, okay, hear me out on this. There's a word that I don't want to use uh, on the radio that would describe Kid Rock. It's it's usually attached to a, a, a guy from the South who flies a Confederate flag and you know drinks moonshine and hunts squirrels and raccoons and you know and the term I think refers to the, uh, the the sunburn he would get on on his back and upper body, you know that that place between maybe your shoulders and your head uh, from working outside, working on your car and that that hot Southern sun. All right, you know what I'm – yeah, okay, have I belabored the point enough? You, you get it, right? Okay. That's Kid Rock. 
Now, Kid Rock, of course, is not Southern. He's from Romeo, Michigan, which is a little village just north of Detroit on uh, Lake Huron. Not Southern. But he checks all the other boxes. So, but, I mean, look, as unenamored uh, with a lot of the stereotypical culture uh, that I... I am I'm not fond of a lot of what we're talking about here as far as the culture goes except the fact that I love their music. <laughs> I do I love southern rock. I mean I just I love it. I can't get enough of it actually. Leonard Skinner, the Marshall Tucker band, even Molly Hatchet. I mean I love that stuff. Now, Kid Rock uh started out as a hip hop guy, but his music evolved into pure, pure Southern rock for, for a little while in 2008. And during that time, he put out this album, Rock and Roll Jesus. Folks, that might be the last great Southern rock album. Uh, it, 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 and it featured this incredibly little clever mashup of Sweet Home Alabama uh, by Leonard Skinner and Werewolves of London by uh, Warren Zevon. Um, it just sucked me in. I mean... It just, it just, it's, 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 a, to me, this is just a little bit irresistible. Now, I, sh- I should mention too, I saw Kid Rock, uh, you know, before you just go think I'm just slagging off on Kid, Kid Rock all over the place. Um, I saw Kid Rock a few years ago. Now, I, no, I didn't buy a ticket to go see him. He was, he was headlining the Wii Fest up in Detroit Lakes, and I was working in the ticket office at Wii Fest that year. And I was able to take a couple hours off to go see him. And I will say, I mean, the, the man has skills. He played just about every instrument on the stage that night, and he, I mean, he gave the crowd a, a good show. And then he had the hel- his he had his helicopter buzz the crowd when he was uh, when he was leaving when the show was over. Yep, uh, just that guy. That's him. So here it is from Rock and Roll Jesus. My brief flirtation with Kid Rock. This is all summer long on ninety five point one KYMN. The one. Somewhere between a boy and man She was 17 and she was far from in between It was summertime in northern Michigan Splashing through the sandbar Talking by the campfire It's the simple things in life like Shined upon her head And we were trying different things And we were smoking funny things Making love out by the lake To our favorite song Sipping whiskey out the bottle Not thinking about tomorrow Singing Sweet Home Alabama All summer long Singing Sweet Home Alabama 
Never you call 
from 1972. That was the Spinners with I'll Be Around. Now, I know what you're thinking. Seriously, you're thinking, Rich, that's that's Philly soul right there. That's not the Detroit sound. Well, yeah, I, I know that. But the Spinners were from Ferndale, Michigan, uh, which is a suburb of Detroit. And uh, and besides that, it doesn't you know it doesn't have to be Motown R and B to be on this show. I mean, there's although there is plenty of that. Also, I mean, it's just a great song. The guitar riff that opens that song. I mean, that's as good as it gets right there. And the lyrics. I mean, honest to God, this guy is saying to this woman that he's in love with that you know I love you and I want you to be happy. And if I'm not the guy you think you'll be happy with then you should go look into something else. But, you know, if you need me, I'll be around. I'll be here. That's, I mean, that's the ideal for me, right? I mean, if if you love someone, then you want them to be happy over and above anything else, right? So it, it's that old cliche. If you love someone, set them free. It's just the way things have to go sometimes, right? So, okay, enough philosophizing. Let's talk about Madonna. Uh, this might well be the first Madonna song we've ever played on the weekly list, which in some ways is not surprising because, uh, I don't play a lot of pop music on this show. And when I do, it's because we're doing a show for, you know, like Phil Collins birthday, which, I mean, that remains one of my favorite shows of that we've done, but I digress anyway. Um, Though in some day, so in some ways it really is surprising because I am such a child of the '80s that Madonna is is practically embedded in my DNA. I grew up uh, literally from the time I was 12 right up until I left for college. I grew up on MTV, and for about five five years, Madonna practically was MTV. I mean, so whatever. Anyway, we're gonna play a Madonna song. Madonna. That really is her name, uh, by the way. Madonna Louise Sacconi was born in Bay City, Michigan, which, okay, Mi- Michigan's the mitten state, right? So if you look at the back of your left hand, that's Michigan. And, and Bay City is tucked right into that, that crook between your forefinger and your thumb, right at, the, right at the bottom of Saginaw Bay. That's where Madonna was born. And then she grew up in the Detroit suburbs. Um, and then she moved to New York and eventually got a record deal and, and, you know, made her first album, which came out in 1983. And there were a couple of hit singles from that album, including her debut single holiday, uh, which she performed on American bandstand and then famously told Dick Clark that she wanted to rule the world. And then she did for pretty much the balance of the decade. Um, Madonna has a few songs that I really like, but for my money, she never did better than this. Um, this is from her debut album. This is this is this is this is the pride of of Bay City in Pontiac, Michigan. Here's Madonna with Borderline on ninety five point one KYMN, the one.
there you go. Finishing up the uh, the pop music session of uh, the pop music section of tonight's show. Um, actually, I, I think that is one of the great pop songs, of, uh, certainly of the 90s, maybe of all time. That was Greg Alexander, uh, better known as the basically one-man band, The New Radicals, with You Get What You Give. Mr. Alexander hails from Gross Point, Michigan, yet another suburb of Detroit, and has the distinction of being a one-hit wonder absolutely by choice. Um, he made a couple albums under his own name in the, the late 80s and early 90s, but his career didn't really take off until the late 90s when he formed a band that w- consisted of, of himself and former ac- uh, child actress um, Danielle Brisbois, who... Um, had been on all of the family and Archie Bunker's place. And then just whoever else was around. I mean, it was meant to be a sort of a revolving door band. It was basically him. And then if he needed someone else to do something or, you know, he needed a touring band or whatever, he'd put that together. But it was basically just Greg Alexander. Um, and he called it the new radicals and he, he, uh, he released a fantastic album called maybe you've been, uh, brainwashed too. Um, but success, didn't he didn't sit well with Greg. He didn't like all the the glad handing and the schmoozing you have to do when you're you're a pop star. He he very quickly just he shut the whole thing down. He um just said, "I'm walking away. I'm done. Um I don't want to do this." And he went on to become a pretty successful songwriter and, and producer, but he really I mean, he stayed behind the scenes. And 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 then just this past January, uh New Radicals performed at Joe Biden's inauguration because uh, evidently that song is sort of a rallying cry for the, for the Biden family. And I, I, I guess there's some talk about a new radicals album, um, maybe, which would be, I mean, that'd be super cool, but you know, whatever, Greg, if you want to do that, that's awesome. But yeah. Okay. Uh, next up we have the queen of soul, Aretha Franklin born in Memphis, Temet. Tennessee? No. Born in Memphis, Tennessee, but raised in the heart of Detroit. Uh, her father was the Reverend C.L. Franklin, who was a preacher at the uh, New Bethel Baptist Church, which is sort of, I mean, it's sort of recognized as the, uh, the center of the civil rights movement in Detroit. Uh, the song we're going to play is sort of from a, a, the tipping point of her career. Um, as an up-and-comer, she had originally signed with uh, Columbia Records, but Aretha's career just sort of languished uh, at, at, at Columbia. She, she made a lot of records that just didn't play to her strengths. Um, John Hammond, the super legendary talent scout, the guy who, who signed, he signed Billy Holiday and Bob Dylan and Bruce Springsteen, um, said later that Columbia just, they didn't do enough to take advantage of her, her gospel background. So when her contract with Columbia was up, she signed with Atlantic records and, everything changed. She started working with, uh, with Jerry Wexler, uh, who, who's considered a legendary producer and partly, uh, based on, on the work he did with Aretha. And for the next seven years or so, I mean, their collaboration made Aretha the most successful woman in the music industry. And, and it really, it, it built her legend. This song is a little more understated, I think, than, than what Aretha is, is really known for, but that's, that's one of the things I like about it. I mean, Aretha was so versatile. Um, you know, she could do gospel and soul, but she could also do pretty much anything else. She could do rock and R and B. I remember when she stepped in, 
uh, during the Grammys to sing an opera piece that had been planned for uh, Luciano Pavarotti, uh, but he got sick or something, and 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 he had, she she had like a day and a half to to learn this piece and then you know perform it live on an international television broadcast, and of course Aretha nailed it. Anyway, um, this is a little more delicate than most of Aretha's best known work, but this is, this is a great song and she nails this too, uh, from her first album on it, on it, on Atlantic records, uh, which was called, I never loved a man the way I love you. This is do right woman, do right man, uh, 95.1 K Y M N the one. Take me to heart. I'll always love you And nobody Can make me do wrong Take me for granted Leaving love unsure Makes willpower Bye. 
from 2011 with The Walk. It's just a it's just a great song. Uh Mayor Hawthorne, whose real name is Andrew Mayer Cohen, uh, was born and raised in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where reportedly his dad still plays bass in a bar band. There you go. Little Mayor Hawthorne trivia for you. You know, call him whatever you want, retro or neo soul or whatever. It doesn't matter. I mean, that's just a good song. Okay, uh, now let's talk about something that's near and dear to my heart, Imminent Brewing. As always, we want to thank Imminent Brewing for sponsoring the weekly list and thank Laura and Derek Myers for continuing to make this show possible. So I'm going to do this again because I'm just, I'm so proud of my haiku talent. Here we go. Spring is in full swing. It has sprung everywhere, man. This is the good stuff. All right, all right. So, anyway. Patio at Imminent. Uh, Imminent Brewing is open because it's springtime, and at least theoretically it's comfortable. <laughs> theoretically, at least. It's comfortable to sit outside. And if you can't find a seat on the patio, there are a few seats available in the tap room as well. Okay. So, as I'm recording this show, uh, this is Wednesday night, the governor is set to make some major announcements tomorrow about rolling back a lot of the COVID-19 restrictions. Uh, two things about that. First is whatever rollbacks uh, he announces, I doubt very much that they will be in place before this weekend. And two, um, even if they are in place, Laura and Derek are pretty cautious when it comes to all this COVID stuff. So, you know, look for the rollbacks to get to imminent maybe a week later than everyone else. But with that said, I mean, well, not even but with that said, 
um, there are rules you need to follow. You have to check in at the bar and someone will seat you there. You have to wear a mask when you aren't sitting at your table. And if, if you are going to get up, um, you know, you've got to go to the bathroom or something, please just put your mask on first and then get up and do it. it, it it's not, it's not that hard. Just you guys hang in, hang in there, man. Um, you have to give uh, your contact information and, and because the, the, uh, the set seating is limited, they are asking you to, you know, enjoy yourself, uh, but don't stay more than an hour or so got to share you guys uh there, there's a little bit for all if everyone shares if you can't play, find a place to sit down you can still get beer to go you can buy yourself a growler which is four full pints of beer or you get a howler which is about the size of a mason jar and they have great beer on tap right now there's the cannon river pale ale the dragon squirrel juicy ipa the quick and the red ipa um uh, there, uh, try the long haul Vanderwall Nordic strong ale, which Danny will always tell you is the only Nordic strong ale in existence. Uh, there's the missing link dark lager, which is ridiculously good. And the Wolf Creek IPA, uh, that's back on tap as well. Supporter upon Heath, the rumination brown ale and the off leash Vienna lager. Now, last week they tapped an experimental Hefeweizen, and it's already almost gone. Uh, but when it is gone, then um, assistant brewer Jared Allerson, uh, his great pineapple wheat concoction is back. And it'll be on tap for, I think, a little while, for just in time for the weather to warm up. Um, food. Food this week. Our dear friend Norris Hemingway is bringing her oversized personality and her amazing crew to imminent on Saturday, uh, along with her truck. <laughs> and then on Sunday, uh, it's the sizzling wagon for burgers and sandwiches. Uh, there, there may yet be a food truck on Friday, but nothing has been announced yet. So just stay tuned. Um, so, uh, things are loosening up again. And if we all behave and follow the rules, it's only going to get better from here. Eminent Brewing is open Thursdays and Fridays from 4 o'clock till 8 o'clock p.m. And Saturdays from 2 o'clock till 8 o'clock p.m. And Sundays from 2 o'clock until 7 o'clock p.m. As always, the information you need can be found on the Eminent Brewing website at imminentbrewing.com. So, we've got a lot of soul, uh, a lot of of R&B in the show. We are now going to jump away from the world of soul and R&B and land right in a world full of peanut butter and broken glass. If the Stooges weren't the world's first punk band, I don't know who was. Dave Alexander, the brothers Ashton, Scott and Ron, uh, later on James Williamson, and the unforgettable Iggy Pop unleashed something on the world that had never been heard or seen before. Uh, they were inspired by another local Detroit band, the MC5, which, you know, that's another unfortunate omission from the show tonight. Um, to, to just, you know, play loud, rude, in-your-face rock and roll. And they had, they had the perfect front man for the music. Iggy Pop is such an intense performer that no one else even tries to copy or steal his moves, man. Um, I, I, I'm not sure the guy actually... <laughs> owns a shirt or not. Um, he is famous for slathering himself in peanut butter on stage and, and, and also for rolling around in broken glass so much that, that his upper body is made up more of scar tissue than it is skin. Um, he can sing a little, but his appeal to me, at least it's in his attitude and his willingness to try 
anything and then just kind of smile and, and sit down and have a beer or, you know, sniff some glue or do a pound of cocaine. Just, you know, whatever's available. Anyway, uh, the Stooges were so far ahead of their time that they really didn't start to gain the appreciation that they deserved until years after they broke up, and, and Iggy had already established a, a, a semi-respectable solo career. But their first three albums, the self-titled debut, Funhouse, and Raw Power, were blueprints for bands like the Ramones and the Sex Pistols. This is from the first album. From 1969, this is the Stooges with I Want to Be Your Dog. A 95.1 KYMN.
That was the immortal Grand Funk Railroad with We're an American Band. You know, I mean, that, that song, it's just a prototypical classic rock song. Um, it was actually written and sung by the band's drummer, Don Brewer, at a, at a point when I guess the band was in pretty tough, tough shape. Um, they were being sued by their former manager, and they just, I mean, they needed a hit. Uh, Brewer came up with uh, We're an American Band, which went to number one in 1973 and became one of the best-selling songs of all time. Nicely done. Um, yeah, plus, I, like, I, I know that, look, Blue Oyster Cult and Don't Fear the Reaper were the band that Christopher Walken was all like hot and bothered about in that SNL skit. But for my money, that is simply the best use of cowbell in the history of rock and roll. We're an American band. So, uh, coming up next, like, I mean, we have to play some Supremes on this show, don't we? Right? Okay. Diana Ross, Mary Wilson, and Florence Ballard, they all grew up together in, in the, uh, the Brewster Douglas housing projects of Detroit. Um, they began sing, singing together in high school, and they were so determined to sign with Motown Records that, that Barry Gordy... Uh, eventually signed them just to get them to stop bothering him. <laughs> uh, and they became the best-selling group in Mo- uh, that Motown ever had. And they're still are arguably the most popular Motown group. And, you know, Diana Ross may not have been the queen of soul, or like she might not have had that title, but she was the queen of something, man. I mean, she was, she was surely the queen of Motown. Um, the Supremes were the first all-female group to have an album hit number one on the Billboard Hot 200 uh, they were the first African-American group to achieve sustained success on both the R&B and the pop charts. Um, the Supremes were the, the, the Motown act that opened the door to the white audiences. And to this day, they are the most successful singing group ever. So this song, uh, this is the first uh, single to be credited to credited to Diana Ross and the Supremes after uh, Florence Ballard's departure from 1967. This is Reflections on 95.1 KYMN, The Ooxie. Of 
that was the birthday boy and the inspiration for the show tonight. Uh, Bullet Bob Seeger. Bob Seeger, born in Detroit, raised in Ann Arbor, still a proud Michigander. He is 76 years old today. And I, okay, look, I know that song was a weird choice. Um, I mean, Bob Seeger has such a, a deep and rich catalog. I could have gone classic with something like, you know, uh, turn the page or, 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 you know, against the wind, or I could have gone really old school with rambling gambling man. Instead, I went with this obscure song that appeared on the about last night, uh, soundtrack, uh, in 1986. And then that song wasn't seen or heard from again until it appeared, uh, as a, uh, a bonus track on one of his greatest hits albums. But I got to tell you from the moment I first heard that song when I was 17 years old in the movie theater watching Rob Lowe and Demi Moore. Living Inside My Heart has been one of my absolute favorite Bob Seger songs. So, you know, don't question it, Princess. I just want to make sure you heard it. Happy birthday, Bob. Well, folks, that's just going to about do it for this edition of the Weekly List. Uh, if, if you like the show and you want to hear more, you can visit our program page on the KYMN website at kymnradio.net, or you can uh, go find our Facebook page under the Weekly List where I post every new show every Friday morning. Uh, you should also go like the KYMN Facebook page if you're going to spend some time on Facebook. Uh, unlike maybe Donald Trump, it's a great idea to, to pay attention to the KYMN page. It's, it's the best source for all your local news and everything we do, all those interviews, all those stories, everything lands on our Facebook page. So, you know, give us a like, and also go like the imminent Facebook page as well. Um, in this day and age when, when, you know, you're in the service industry, things are always changing, uh, and they're going to change again, probably tomorrow. We know, um, that, the governor is going to make some kind of rollback, but we don't know exactly what it's going to be. Um, so if you go like the Facebook page, then you'll be among the first people to know what is going on, when things are changing, what is happening, and usually why. So give them a like too. Imminent Brewing Facebook page. All right. So we're going to leave you with one more Motown song. We had Marvin. We had the Supremes. So we're going to fill it out with the temptations seems like a lot of songs that we're playing tonight uh, happen to, to catch these artists at a, a crossroad in their careers um now that's i that's just completely coincidental but just my imagination running away with me uh is sort of a transitional song for the temptations as well it's it's the last song to feature uh the original two of the original members eddie kendricks and paul williams and after a string of hits that included uh can't get next to you and ball of confusion. Uh, just my imagination was a, a final little throwback to their classic sound. And it's, it's just a sweet song. So why not end it here from 1971? This is the temptations with just my imagination running away with me. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you guys again next week. Peace. Say to myself, you're such a
95.1, the one station where our playlist goes on for days. Check out Fine Tune Sundays at 6 p.m. Wendy slides into your Sunday evenings with a unique mix of all sorts of different music, including folk, jazz, Americana, world, bluegrass, old time, and big band. It could be just about anything. That's Sundays at 6 p.m. here on 95, the one.